Hi, it's Sam Hawley here. For the next few Saturdays, we'll be dropping a bonus episode in our feed from our friends at ABC Sport Daily with host Patrick Stack. If you want to hear more sports news, check out the podcast on the ABC Listen app. And I'll be back with another ABC News Daily episode on Monday. This is an ABC podcast. So as chairman of the board of that church and those views didn't match with our views and our values. So in the end, they were competing values. So he had to make a decision on which one. That's Essendon President David Burham explaining why new chief executive Andrew Thorburn would be departing the club a little over one day after being announced in the role. We like to say footy is religion in Melbourne. Thorburn chose the latter over the former this week. He's the chair of a church that has homophobic and anti-abortion views on their website. He's also previously stood down as the CEO of the National Australia Bank after a scathing assessment during the Banking Royal Commission. So how did he get hired? Well, at one point, he was actually in charge of the process to fill the role. What is going on at Essendon? It's all quite messy right now, but we're going to try and make some sense of it. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Corbin Middlemass is from ABC Sport, and like Andrew Thorburn, he grew up supporting the Essendon Footy Club. Corbin, we're going to try and step our way through this story in three parts. Thorburn, President David Burham, and what's next for Essendon? So when Thorburn was announced as Chief Executive, how was this sold by the club? That he was unanimously the best candidate for the job. So it, it sort of was a little bit surprising, I think, for a lot of people that the guy that was commissioned to head up the review and obviously has a you know, deep commercial uh, portfolio. He was the head of NAB for many years, um, left under you know, somewhat controversial circumstances after the, the Royal Commission into, uh, into the big banks. But he not only oversaw the review into the football department, but then uh, came through a, a list of candidates to basically emerge as the, the top guy for the job. So, yeah, that, that was probably a little bit surprising, I think, for a, a lot of people. And yet it was one that Essendon sort of made with their chest out. They were happy to, to wheel him out. They had the photo shoot stacky in front of uh, in front of the, the big Essendon logo at the hangar. He addressed uh, the, the members and, you know, the Essendon brethren at the best and fairest. Uh, and as we know, it was um, a tenure as the, the chief executive to replace Xavier Campbell, who was yeah, very successful off-field. Obviously, the on-field performances didn't quite back that up. But uh, as the next CEO of Essendon, his, his tenure lasted just 30 hours. It is a rapid descent. What brought about his downfall and how did it sort of come apart so quickly? So it was really all through Sam Landsberger's article in the Herald Sun, which essentially uh, unearthed the fact that he was involved with uh, a Christian church group and he was the, the chairman of that particular organisation. There were you know, some troubling information, I guess you could say, on the church's website. Thorburn said he wasn't aware of that particular um, information. Now, I just want to say, some of those go back to 2013, I wasn't even at the church. I've never heard these things expressed since my time. I've been on the board for two years. Basically relating to not just homosexuality, but also about abortion as well. You know, not quite in line with community standards, I think you could say, in, uh, in 2022. And basically, once they surfaced, Thorburn did his best that the next morning, so only was the chief executive for one night, the next morning fronted up on Melbourne Radio, did his best to try and sort of explain away those things. You mean, in, in the church, like any diverse society, there are very different views on all these matters. Right. I have different views on some matters, right? I'm not a pastor. My job as a, in a governance role is to make sure it's run well. I don't always agree with what's said. But he did stop short 
of essentially saying, look, um, for people out there that, that are homosexual or that are um, that need to have abortions for, for whatever reason that, uh, that they particularly choose, he didn't really go as far as to endorse those other than trying to separate himself from this historical content that, that is there and uh, able to be found by um, the, the church's website. So David Burham and the Essendon Football Club essentially gave him the choice between his church or his club and he's chosen his church. I'm really interested, though, how did Thornburn frame his exit? Really, it was, I mean, it was a, an extraordinary post that he put out on LinkedIn. So you, you touched on there about the what Dave Barham said in his press conference. So well, Basically, this morning when the um, comments came out, I went and saw him and it became really clear that Andrew couldn't be um, chairman of the church with those views and CEO of the Essendon Football Club. So in the end, uh, Andrew decided that... that um, he would stay with his church and he couldn't be CEO. They weren't telling him that he had to leave the church group altogether, but what they couldn't have is to have him as the figurehead of that organisation with that kind of information there on their website while he's also the chief executive of the Essendon Football Club, that the two things and the values didn't overlap enough to be able to be the figurehead of two organisations and that they weren't on message with one another. And in the end, Dave Barham said, look, he, he chose he wanted to stay in his position as the, the chairman of the church. Now, he was further pressed on that and said, look, why uh, did he decide to choose that over the Essendon Football Club? No, that's up to him. It's not for me to speak for Andrew. Thorben uh, posted on LinkedIn, had a prepared statement which he listed where he said, my Christian faith is not tolerated or permitted in the public square. I was being required to compromise beyond a level that my conscience allowed to be able to stay in the job as the Essendon CEO. He said that we're poor for the loss of our great freedom of thought. So that's just a little sample of what Andrew Thorburn had to say uh, on his LinkedIn statement, which I, I must admit, Stacky, sort of my personal view on that is I find that a little bit disingenuous, that particularly when Barham comes out and says, look, you have to ask Andrew Thorburn what he thinks by that. And for Thorburn to sort of make some comments along those lines, essentially saying, look, I was required to compromise beyond a level that my conscience allowed. I think you have to go into detail at that particular point rather than just sort of leave that out there flapping in the breeze as to what does he actually mean by that? What does he mean? So he hasn't gone into any detail around that. And so I think it, it leaves a lot of it very unclear as to exactly what the nature of that conversation was. As you touch on, Thorburn made the argument uh, on Melbourne Radio, that he has a record of supporting inclusion and diversity from a professional standpoint. My role as a CEO is to ensure that the organisations I lead, which I think my record stands for this, is inclusive and welcoming and caring and diverse. Even if those views aren't echoed by some in his church, uh, AFL clubs going to have a hard time drawing a line around what is acceptable from a religious point of view? I, I don't think so. I think that we're making this a harder conversation than what it needs to be. And uh, and I know sort of particularly in the way that things have changed in society and obviously inclusion is you know at the forefront of a lot of organisations. And, and I think society is the better for it, that people that particularly come from you know the Christian faith in particular feel like that their faith has been marginalised, certainly from what it was previously. And, you know, even if you go back 20 years ago in this country, but I think you can navigate this space quite simply that you can passionately continue to pursue your religious freedoms as long as they don't come at the expense or the marginalisation of a particular group. And particularly in this case, when we're talking about groups of people that have been you know, shunned from society in the past, that we're trying to sort of bring them back into the light and into the fold and wrap our arms around those particular communities. But if they're Christian values such as, you know, love one another, love thy neighbour, you know, all those types of things, you know, he who without sin can cast the first stone, I think everybody's more than happy to sign up with all of that 
right up until it comes to the point that we have to ostracize a particular group or have sort of judgmental views towards them. So I actually don't think that part of it is that hard to actually wrap your head around. And I think a lot of really good chief executives and sporting organizations have, have done it in the past. Yeah, I don't think it's as difficult as what this conversation has been made out. And that's why I actually think, Stacky, that the comments from Thorburn for not being specific actually is quite disingenuous, that it just leaves it floating out there and leaves it to be sort of more difficult than what it actually is. David Burham's tenure is another part of this story. Did the president, and by extension the club, do their due diligence in hiring Thorburn? (laughs) I I think it's extremely hard, isn't it, Stacky, to say yes. I mean, given the fact that, and I know Barham said yesterday, look, we made five phone calls, we had a deep list of candidates, we decided that, you know, he was the best one for it. I don't understand how one Google search can essentially bring undone the chief executive that you supposedly had done so much due diligence on that they weren't able to even able to withstand something that a journalist is able to uncover by, you know, punching his name into Google. It's hard to think that it could be botched more completely in the way that the whole process has played out. I never like it, whether it's sort of someone coming off the board, whether it's someone in to conduct a review and then all of a sudden, oh, look what our review uncovered. It happens to be the guy that's heading up the whole process that now comes in to be the chief executive. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've felt like there was new information that they weren't aware of that was brought to their attention in the space of uh, of 30 hours and he had to depart. These comments were buried deep in uh, sermons from years ago, so they weren't as easily found, I don't think, as that. But uh, Unfortunately for David Barham, uh, he, he sort of came into this club to feel like he wanted to, to put them back on the right track after a disastrous second season under Ben Rutten. So if we just look at Barham's tenure here, Stacky, so since he took over, forget whatever he inherited at Essendon, He came in to overthrow the previous board, so huge instability straight away, all in the pursuit of Alistair Clarkson. Missed on that. Long, drawn-out sacking of Ben Rutten, so he ended up coaching that final game. They got rid of him. Chief executive resigns. Half the board falls off. Somehow they were able to land Brad Scott, which is a huge coup for the footy club. And on the same day of it, he has a dissenter on his own board and Kevin Sheedy come out and bag the decision, say, look, I wasn't on board with all of that. The guy who commissions the review is appointed the CEO and then he's sacked 30 hours later. That's just in Barham's tenure in the space of four or five weeks. So it's not looking like a great timeline so far for uh, for David Barham, who was you know, meant to be the, the guy to come in and set the ship back on the, the right path. I think I've got the right attitude and I think I've got the right desire for what it's got to be and this club needed a shake-up and a reset so I still think we've secured it we've secured a pretty good coach it's been a disastrous four or five weeks so far for him and and really they've got half a board at this stage they've still got to try and appoint a a number of new people into those positions that were obviously vacated when the chief executive and the the former president and coach uh, and uh, departed that's an incredible summation of his tenure to this point. We saw former Essendon chair Paul Little tell ABC Melbourne. The mistakes that are being made, there are just too many, quite frankly. And we all want, as supporters and members, we want a professional Essendon football club that's well run, well managed. And to be quite honest, when Paul Brasher was chair and Xavier Campbell was CEO, I think there was a high level of faith in that level of um, professionalism. At the moment, that seems to be missing. Could you imagine more upheaval at a board level, even um, for the president's position? I think so. I'm I'm actually probably more... I mean, I'm an Essendon supporter, as you touched on off the top. I think I'm almost cheering for that that outcome at the moment where 
it just feels like everybody that's involved in the club, which you got to remember, half the board and Barham were during this, you know, the last couple of years, and they sort of oversaw uh, everything that's taken place. And then, the, really, what the sticking point was and why they fractured as a board is they had a disagreement on whether Rutten was the right guy or not to to keep them going forward. But I remember at the time that Barham took over, there was a lot of whispers around a rival ticket and that somebody could come in from the outside and essentially take hold of things. I think if that ever was the case, stacking, if ever that was sort of being thought up behind the scenes and a number of power brokers involved with the Essendon Football Club or, you know, high up in the business world wanted to try and get a rival ticket going, I think this would probably be the right time for it and that there would be um, a fair bit of support given the way that uh, the last five or six weeks has panned out for the footy club and perhaps even further back than that. I, I know Brad Scott... It's the only thing he can do. Comes out and preaches, you know, patience. Yeah, we're not putting any timeframes on on any of that. We're just really focused on on building the program. All we have is an opportunity to build a program to get the most out of our players. Essendon fans have heard that for far too long. It's been, what, 2004, 18 years since the club last won a final. Even longer than that since the club's last premiership. You have to go back to the year 2000. So for a club that loves to push their chest out as one of the, the power teams in the competition, they, they haven't been that for a long time now. And I feel like the, the supporters quite rightfully are restless after what has been a pretty barren run. And they've been patient for a long time and really been put through a, a lot of change and told that, you know, things will change and things will get better. And it's hard to see the light at the moment. It feels like there's more chapters to come in 2022. Thanks for getting us across the latest one. Corbin Middlemass, thanks for your time. Anytime. We hope you enjoyed ABC Sport Daily. If so, head over to our feed to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the great sports stories we're covering each week. You'll find a ton of other interesting stories, including the cheating scandal, gripping pro fishing. Yep. Roger Federer analysing his retirement decision, a profile on Lance Franklin, and much, much more. That's over at ABC Sport Daily.